say it's pretty even. Really, sometimes yeah. the music is kind of goes crazy. Sometimes it does. It would be interesting if if somebody doesn't. They're going to know by the synopsis what this episode's about. Yeah. Maybe by the title what this is about. What the title is. But it would be interesting if somebody did not know if they would recognize that music. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine anybody they would, would unless they're like that one person that's like completely invested in Demolition Man. So into it. Or they've got like their entire house decorated in Demolition Man. They wear Demolition Man t-shirts every day. Well, I have that stuff. Yeah. I'm that way. But uh, Yeah, so hey everybody, it's a special episode of Action Features in honor of the 25th anniversary right. of the film Demolition Man. This episode's completely devoted to Demolition That's right. Man. Now, technically, the movie wasn't released in, uh, until October. Yeah, it was released in October, so not quite 25 years. But this is this year is the 25th anniversary, and we just couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. We had to get to it. We had to talk about right Plus, away. We haven't done like a a themed episode. Yeah, it's, just like it's been a while. One thing, entire yeah. episode, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. It's good. We, we're doing something a little special too. In the film, all the restaurants are Taco Bell. So we got some. So we're gonna eat some Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Now, if this uh, if this episode were in Europe, we would be eating Pizza Hut. Really? Yeah. In the European version of the movie, uh, when it first came out, there were not a lot of Taco Bells in Europe, so they didn't think people would know what it was. So in the European version, it's Pizza Hut. What about the movie? They change it. You've you never seen this? Are you serious? No. Yeah, you, you, if you go on YouTube, there's a guy that posted the comparison. Because um, I, I thought about that. I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody has that on YouTube. So I did find one in case somebody wants to see one. I can't tell what's, I what's what. Yeah. Are these both chili cheese burritos? One of them is a cheesy bean and rice burrito. That's a seven layer. I'm pretty sure this here is a seven layer. This is this a special breakfast. I don't want to open it. I don't want to touch your food. It's okay. I'm just going to open it with this. I'll do this. I'm going to try and open the burrito with with the wrapping of the burrito. This one, it, this is not me. So this one's you here. That one's got to be me. I didn't touch that. I just, I see that you didn't. All right. So, so there are alternate scenes with... No, they just they just changed the dialogue. But there's visuals in it. Oh, they 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 did that overward. They did the overlay. Okay. So I'm gonna bring this up. So so, you so can he see it. he gets a, there's a cup of food or something that he uh, like a like a jar of food and it says Taco Bell on it. What happens? I there? didn't. I, I haven't seen that scene. Maybe they cut that out. They or they may have just done an overlay or something like that again. I don't know how they would do. They may have cut that out. May have it may have just him him picking it up and saying they're going after food. But the is and covered up. Um, because it's just like a dubbing in a movie. They still, you can see their mouths still saying Taco Bell and it oh. says Pizza Hut. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> um, I went straight back to the nineties and got some cinnamon crisps, cinnamon twists. Oh, good for you, man. Those are good. When's the last time you had one of those? Taco Bell. I think it was the nineties for me. I want to bring this up really quick so you can see this. No. All right. Come on. I turn this a little bit. Can you see it there? Yeah, I can see it. Right, I'm going to bigify this. I'm going to turn it up. So this isn't much for viewers at home. Uh, well, anyway. So, so here we go. See, it says Taco Bell. Yeah. Man. It talks about Taco Bell. I'm going to turn this up. And all these guys at Taco Bell are dressed like matadors. 
They don't change that. Everybody's dressed kind of funny. I'm sure there's little things where it's like on the windows. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I can think of pizza beats. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> that looks bad. That looks yeah. like a... Okay. It's rough. It's rough. So they changed the visual on this part where you see the, the, the sign. So that's this Pizza Hut now. I see. But I don't know if they changed these windows because the windows you can see the, the bells and it looks like maybe they – let's see. They've erased those. They're gone. Okay. They've blurred them out. So they must they must do the same thing with that container of food. Um, so, yeah. Uh if you are European and you're listening to this, there's a chance that you don't know why we're eating Taco Bell. If you're European, if you're European, stop listening to this hey, while you're in the bathroom. The bathroom. <laughs> uh, but here it's Taco Bell. I'm having a chili cheese burrito, extra cheese. I'm having you're having like a seven, four burritos. I'm having a seven layer burrito right now. So mm. let's go back to '93. Well, hang on before we do that. Okay. Let's go back to the Earth Toy Mall. Okay. About ten years ago. And I probably told the story on the show before, but I want to tell it again. <laughs> Mike's a pretty strict vegetarian. Hadn't eaten meat in who knows how long. 20 years. 20, 20 years, years probably, probably at that point. Was very hungry. Did you go to the Taco Bell? I think you went. I think I went probably. I said, I could go for some Taco Bell too. So he goes to the Taco Bell to get the food. He comes back and I get my food and he's opening his stuff. He's like, they gave me the wrong thing. And they gave him a chili cheese burrito. I don't eat the chili cheese burritos that much because I'm not a big fan of Taco Bell's ground beef. I don't really like it that much. But I do love a chili cheese burrito. I don't like the regular tacos at all because their ground beef is just not that good. So Mike opens up his food. He's like, oh, I got a chili cheese burrito instead of the thing I wanted. And I'm like, oh, that's, that stinks, man. He's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's got meat on it, dude. And uh, he goes, I'm just going to do it. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> That's a bad move. If you haven't eaten meat in 20 years, your first meat is Taco Bell ground beef. He was so sick. <laughs> <laughs> he ate the whole thing. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> You're incapacitated afterwards. <laughs> it was a good time. That was the last time I had Taco Bell yeah. uh, meat. All right. First so time. anyway, go back to 1993. Well, let's go back to 93. I was 11 years old. I was 15. And um, so I remember, we'll just talk about some peripheral things about the film. One, the Taco Bell promotion. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the TV commercials. I remember getting the cups. And yeah. they had the little, the Demolition Man logo. Yeah, that guy coming out of the freeze pretty neat. or something like that. Now, these were not special cups. These weren't collector's cups. No, they were just paper cups. Just paper cups. But the promotion was a poster. Mm -hmm. Demolition Man, which I didn't get. I don't remember why I didn't get it. It seemed like if you bought... I think maybe you had, you had to, to buy the meal. You had to buy the meal. Okay, yeah. that's why I didn't. Yeah. Which meant you had to buy a burrito supreme, which, which I didn't eat. You didn't eat at that point. So I didn't want a whole meal anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah, I remember that, and I remember it was rated R, and I wasn't allowed to see it. Yeah. I did see it in my youth, so it must have come out on TV at some point, or I rented it when it came out. I don't remember. But they also had the toy line. Wait, go back to before we move away from the Taco Bell. I went back and rewatched those commercials uh -huh. before this episode, and man, I miss those tie-in 
movie promotions for fast food places. You don't see them that much really anymore. I was thinking that. And and the only thing I could come up with recently was the Ghostbusters with Papa John's. Yeah, but that even then was not like – didn't feel like it was – it was just kind of they used the Ghostbusters name. It had nothing to do – like there, there weren't any special yeah. cups or things like that that I know of at least at Papa John's. I don't – I don't know. Uh, I think Pizza Hut had that Spider-Man pizza box maybe. Okay, the pizza box. But it wasn't like – those commercials, like they used all these clips from the movie, and right to t- to to yeah to tie into the to really tie into it. Yes, <clears throat> I also got that feeling when I watched the the commercial. And, and maybe missed like the Batman Forever mm-hmm. McDonald's promotion and stuff like that. It was but fun. I miss those. Um, then they had an action figure line, which um, is bizarre. It's bizarre because it it is a rated R film mm-hmm. with a. With lots of language in it, and uh, there's a brief brief scene of nudity, and then a, a suggestive scene between yeah. them. Not really a kids movie, and like I said, I wasn't allowed to see it, but I knew it was a Stallone movie. I knew it was an action movie. Yeah, there was some sci-fi element to it that I didn't understand. Sign me up. Let me get a couple of those. Well, the the production of the line I think is bizarre too, because for the most part, all the figures are redo yes. reuses of the New Adventures of He-Man toy line. Yeah. It just like took the bodies and used them. But then there's a couple of the the Spartans and I think one of the Phoenixes yes. that have sort of like last action hero bodies. The they, last action hero came out the same year. It came out in June. Yeah. So they're like using a line that's was probably on the shelf still. Yeah. At that point, yeah. when those figures were hitting, that use the same like a Stallone movie and a, Sch- a Schwarzenegger movie that are using the same bodies yeah. almost, even though they're they're slightly tweaked. But you can definitely recognize they were those sli- bodies. They were slightly retooled, but they, yeah, they were the same. It was so, weird. So within the line, you have all these mixed articulation with... Yeah, they like, don't match up. T-joints and then ball joints and nothing matched up and it was... Which, that's kind of commonplace now, but back then it wasn't. There weren't a lot of lines where they mixed up articulation yeah. across the line. It usually all matched up. But yeah, this was like some had D-joints and some didn't. And it was very weird. And, and then I, the choices of the characters. Yeah. Of course, Spartan and Phoenix, that makes sense. He has four Spartans, I think two Phoenixes, right? Yeah. Um, but then they had Battlehook Friendly. Friendly. Which was Dennis Leary's character. Dennis Leary, yeah. Looks nothing like him. Nope. But I think the Spartan and the Phoenix, the Stallone and the Snipes head sculpts are great. Great head sculpts. I think they're really good. Yeah, very they good. They look a lot like the characters, the actors. But the, I, I'm almost positive that the battle hook friendly is just reuses the whole figure from New Adventures. Like yeah. it's not a new head sculpt, it's new nothing, yeah. and it looks nothing like Dennis Leary's character. And he has no pants on. Yeah, he's just wearing like he's wearing like this weird underwear outfit because like they just tan, reused the body. Tan leather pants or something. Yeah, it almost looks like he has no pants on. It just looks like his legs and boots. And then you get the other one is the cryo claw tech. Yeah. Is that supposed to be like one of the tech guys from the, the freezing place? No Sandra Bullock figure. No, it's like out of all the choices to make, you couldn't make another one of like Phoenix's guys or something, but the technician that freezes them? I don't know. What? I, I think they looked at what masked, what He-Man figures they had. And what can we do with it? But and what can we do with it? But Even then, it didn't matter. But like Friendly, that looks nothing like Friendly. So yeah. why not make the other one into something like one of Phoenix's guys? So you could at least have two bad guys. If you have two good guys, yeah, yeah, so weird. It, it was it was it was bizarre, but I was I was really into it. I, I didn't get the whole line, but um, but I loved what I had, and I loved the stolen figure. And I remember seeing him in the stores, 
and saying, oh, wait a second, that's a last action hero mm-hmm. body. And that might have been one of the first times that I recognized a recycling. And um, and that might have been a selling point for me, too. Wow, this is, these my Arnold and my yeah, Stallone can, can, can interact. Yeah. And, um, and, and up until just, uh, just a couple of years ago, I had a dream about those action figures getting re-released. Really? So that's weird. I mean, I had an actual dream about it. It was like this full dream that I was disappointed when I woke up. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, shoot, those didn't. There is literally zero market for that. Yeah. Like there is no market whatsoever for <laughs> I, those toys getting re-released. I know. <laughs> you can find them for dirt cheap. You can get them for cheap. Uh, I, you know, looking it up and looking at them, it made me tempted to get one or two. I'm like, man, I could go for a Spartan and a Phoenix. And even though they're repaints, they're not, and they're not dead on the outfits they wear in the movie. There is one Spartan yeah. that's pretty close. The one that reuses the He-Man, yeah, the New Adventures of He-Man one, body. Yeah. That's pretty close. And one of the Phoenixes is pretty close yes. to what their movie outfits yes. are. And um, you get the one Spartan with the that reuses the last action hero in the yeah. just the T-shirt and his. That's kind of cool. Those are pretty close to and the movie. Both Last Action Hero and Demolition Man both had the normal car thing. Like, Jack Slater has convertible. Yeah. And the Demolition Man had the 442, the old did, 442. Did they use the same car? For- it didn't, which is, I was surprised by. Why I mean, they you- actually went the extra mile to make it look. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. Like, I'm looking at them like, they're, they're pretty similar in, in style and size, but they actually made it look like the car, even though it was a convertible in the toy line. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was in the movie. Uh, no, it wasn't. It, it's a pretty great sculpt. And then, uh, okay, so that one makes sense. Then they released the Bola jet from New Adventures of He-Man. Why not have an extra vehicle in there? But it's so far out. It, yeah. I mean, the movie did not have, like, flying spaceships and stuff. It was, like, normal cars, even though there are future cars. It wasn't like like Judge Dredd, where he's flying yeah. around on a motorcycle or something. But they put the Bola jet in there. Why? Nobody knows. And then in the back of the package, they had two uh, guns pictured, but I don't think those got released. I don't think they did. One of them looked like Phoenix's gun, that magnetic gun, mm-hmm. and it looked pretty good. Like, yeah. it looked dead on that, and the other one was like some weird Nerf gun thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think those made it out. That was the heyday, man. Just I was talking earlier about this, about action figures made from rated R movies. Yeah. And you didn't get a whole lot of that before, because the earliest one I can think of was RoboCop. Mm-hmm. But that was a tie-in with the cartoon... And the comic book, I think. I mean, yeah. that's how they... Yeah, it's more of a toy line based on the cartoon. Right. I mean, they sculpted it to look like he does in the movie. Yeah. But that's what it was. And then... Aliens. And then there was Aliens. There was Terminator... Predator. I think Terminator 2 yeah, figures Terminator 2. were the first ones that were just... Based. Here, here you go. Yeah. Here's you know, we know it's rated R. Here's some toys. Whatever. Yeah, we don't care. Um, well, uh, uh, going back to the original Alien... Those they got made, pulled because... They got pulled. I mean, the 18-inch made it out, though. It was sold for a while, but the three and three-quarters line didn't get made because they're like, you know what? This is a rated R movie. What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but then Kenner was like, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to actually do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> it's like they had an itch. Like, they really wanted to produce toys based on rated R movies, and they just were waiting for the time where they could start sneaking Word it got back to them that kids were actually seeing these movies anyway. Um, but like I said, I didn't see it, and I was sold on it. Just the concept was enough for me to play around with mm-hmm. in my mind. I was like, wow. Uh, it could be cool. So, anyway, good times. Yeah, totally. That was a good. That was a good time. Uh, the early '90s. Exactly. Good time. A so, lot of people combine this movie and Judge Dredd. 
Like I, I they, run into that a lot. Yeah. Where they, they think of these two movies as the same movie. Well, they came out around the same time. Yeah. And they're both like in the future. They both had Rob Schneider. In and them. they both have Sylvester Stallone, of course. I think on the Demolition Man, it's either on Judge Dredd or on Demolition Man, he's doing an interview about one of those movies and he's wearing the other costume from the other movie. That's pretty cool. So if he's if he's doing a Judge Dredd interview, he's wearing the Demolition Man costume or vice versa. You're Stallone or Schneider? St- Stallone. Okay. So I can't remember which one it was, but yeah. it's very confusing. They're both spandex, kind of spandexy. Yeah, um, but... Uh, to me, I mean, seeing them, it's completely different for me. But yeah, it's it's such a commonplace that the people think of these two movies as the same. Movie. Well, for for him to do two science fiction movies basically back to back is it is kind of strange. It's kind of strange, and and he's the same. He's not he playing. He's, he's not, always still. He's not playing dread as he's just Stallone. Yeah. In all his movies, he's Stallone. Uh, well, back then in all his movies, he was Stallone. I, I it's one of my favorite Stallone action movies. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the movie now. I can go back to it a bunch of times. Um, you know, so we've got a synopsis here that I printed up, and we can kind of skim through it a little bit, and we're going to interject things that we think as we go. Uh, let's see here. I wanted to write down. Let's see. Well, okay. What do you got? Do you well, just want to talk about it? Or you want well, to? We can talk about it, and, and if we can use that as a guide, that would be great. But I was, you know, I'm saying that I, I wanted to call this a guilty pleasure. At first, and then you know, Amy and I rewatched it last night. She hadn't seen it before, and of course, it has some cheesiness. Mm-hmm. And of course, it had it. It feels so much of its time totally that I don't see how you could separate it from that. But I don't. I'm not sure I should call it a guilty pleasure. I think it's just a regular pleasure because mm-hmm. um, I don't feel guilty about it at all. It it delivers in so many. In so many other, in so many ways, you know, I can. It's meant to be cheesy for one. Yeah, it's meant to be just a popcorn action film. It, yeah, you know, yeah. it's fun. But uh, I think it's definitely rewatchable. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it tons of times, but watching it again this week, I was at no point was I going, okay, I gotta get through yeah, this. You know, just, I've yeah. seen this a bunch of times. I gotta get through this. There was not a lag time in the movie. The storytelling is very competent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no real plot twist or anything no. to throw it off but but that's kind of good to not have it complicated i just you know move move it along yeah. just get through the you know tell a story and have that be it and it does that pretty well i, I like that it hits the ground running too which i mean it's kind of yeah we're sort of talking about the synopsis of the film here while we're going um but when the movie opens up it's already you're in it you know yeah. there's no introductory phase and here we get to know this character and this character and then They'll eventually come together and they'll meet and they've built up this adversary type thing between Phoenix and, and uh, Spartan. It's just you hit right into the movie. You're right in. That's another way in which it's competent. I've found a lot of things being described in the most efficient exactly. and economic ways where at the beginning, he's up in the helicopter. They give you the whole background yeah. between those two within one short conversation between him and the pilot. Which, by the way, the pilot is the same helicopter pilot from Die Hard. Oh, is it? I guess that guy just only does helicopter oh, yeah, pilots. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So when it, when you open up on the movie, and I like what you said there, where no time is really wasted. You're, Not really. There's a there's exposition in the film, which a film like this, you have to have some exposition where you explain certain things to the viewer. 
but it's weaved in, in in such a way that you don't really realize you're watching an exposition scene. Like you're, right. it's it's sandwiched in action, like you said with the helicopter scene. There's also the scene after he gets unfrozen, where they're explaining to him what's happened, and it's very brief. And they talk about how the cities have merged and where his family's at and what what the rehabilitation program does. But it's it's all happening as the like, like camera's moving around and he's coming to and he's realizing what's happening around him. And you're re- you're he- hearing all this stuff, and now you're clued in on where everything's at without even realizing that you've experienced this exposition scene well because i think one of the ways they pulled it off so well was because of the egos that you have in the movie yeah you're going into this through john spartan's eyes right so he's he's from the past and he's stuck he's waking up here in the future and so he's just as confused about things as you would be and so them explaining to him whatever's going on is also explaining to the the audience so that's a very I mean, it's a common way to do things, but it seems like almost a lost art form now. It's something so simple where it's too heavy-handed now. Totally. Can't but, uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> this movie. So it has a lot of good. It does, man. It has a lot of good. It really does. Um, it has a lot of funny stuff, it too, does. that you're laughing about. Some of it unintentional. Yeah. Like when you're talking about when he wakes up, uh, when they bring him back, he's asking about, I had a wife, I had a daughter. Where, where do they go? Well, she, well, your wife died. Yeah. And we don't know where your daughter is. And that's pretty much it. He's just, well, I, I was going to, that's, okay. that's the exact thing. As when I, we, before we watched this episode, before we started this episode, we were sitting here and I said, there's something I really noticed in this film watching it. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. He wakes up. I had a wife. And then he, they tell her he, she, that she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then he, they talk about the daughter, but you never find out anything about the daughter. He mentions the daughter a couple times throughout the film, like what is she up to now? But I, and then that's what was weird to me. She's going to to find him, and then he's like, "No, don't find." Him. And then uh, Cocteau later in the movie says, "Your whole family's dead." Yeah. Um, and he at one point he even talks about how he's awake inside the cryo freeze. Yeah, like and his wife's nightmare, and his wife's banging on the yeah. block of ice. So you get this feeling that wow, he really loved his wife, but. Huxley, hey. the minute that she says, would you like to go to my bedroom with yeah. me? He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with, here? It's like, with you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so like a departure. Up to that point, you, you feel like he's cared about his wife. No, and he he's his wife. And he's kind of things that they kind of weaved in slowly. But then the minute she's like, would you like to come to my bedroom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very practical man, and he knows that his he knows, he knows his wife's dead. She's what dead. What can he do about it? What can he do about it? It's been like two days. Yeah. <laughs> he's so up and down. I thought it was weird because he mentioned it, and I thought that's kind of funny that they mention his wife and daughter, and that's it. Yeah. It was more strange to me that he brings her up again in the car. Yeah. And she, they mentioned something about finding her, and then exactly. he says, "Well, I don't." You know, I don't know I don't if know I want. Yeah, to I don't know if I want to see her. Yeah, but then that's it. That's it. That's really. Well, it. Why would you bring it up again? Why would you? You shouldn't bring it up again. Uh, oh, we're, we're, okay, we're jumping forward in the movie a little bit, but I, <laughs> I'm glad you because I've been dying to say something it, about that. It, it, he gets over it so fast. Very fast. I, and before getting married, and before Sandra Bullock, he's cracking wise the whole time oh, about yeah. other stuff. He's not really that upset about. His he's wife, not. Either, I think it, it, he was maybe already out of the relationship before he went into cryo freeze. He was already out. Like he's, 
I don't really want to be a part of this anymore, but she's still attached. He almost maybe looks at the cryo freeze is like, hey, I got out. Maybe I got out. Maybe the last time she visited, she had started to gain an incredible <laughs> amount of weight. And he was just watching her over the years. <laughs> go to, you know, let go of herself. And he just thought. Demolition woman. She demolishes <laughs> the cupcakes. <laughs> this is really rude. Thank you a lot of people like this. But well, hey, what can you do? Um. All right, so getting back to the way the movie starts. Yeah. It opens up with your uh, behind the Hollywood sign. It's on fire. It's, yeah. it's three years in the future from where you are, where you're watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's 1996. It's 1996. So three years from the time where you're watching, but it doesn't feel like it's only been three years. Like if you're watching in yeah. 1993, it's... I kind of liked it was a close approximation yeah. because they have the cryo-freeze technology, but everything else is... It's pretty close. It's like riots pretty and close. a dark society. Um this one fell out, and That's, I'm just going to eat have it. Have all these you want. I'm going to eat this. Have all these you want. I won't eat all these. These are very crunchy, so I don't want to. All right. So I like that, you know, we, we talked about it hits the ground running. Stallone jumps out of that, that helicopter, and it's one of my favorite things Stay is down. when Stallone yells the name of his enemy, but he also doesn't judge Red. Yeah. Uh, he jumps out of that, that helicopter and said, immediate to catch a maniac. It jumps out of Freedom! Yeah. This is going down. Like, if you had any kind of um, thought of hiding and maybe sneaking into the complex, yeah. you throw it out the window. You <laughs> had to get that battle cry out as you're jumping from the helicopter. He takes out those guys and you get to and they have that encounter. And I really like Wesley Snipes as Phoenix. Yes. I was reading that they wanted Jackie Chan as Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Would not have mm-hmm. worked. Would not have worked no. as well as Wesley Snipes works as Phoenix. Um, and you can tell he's ad-libbing a lot, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like he's ad-libbing a lot because it's just kind of off-the-cuff kind of craziness going on. And I think as a villain, he works too, especially when he gets to the future because you, you kind of hate the society so much. Yeah. You look to him like, okay, he's different, he's colorful, he's doing crazy things. He's almost like a Joker character in that regard. He gets where, to run amok yeah. with little opposition. Um which is why they bring in John Spartan, but mm-hmm. it is kind of kind of fun to watch somebody, you know, that character just do. It doesn't conform he to all does the rules. whatever he, does what he, he wants. wants. He does what he wants. Yeah. So the the confrontation between those two, I can't remember if there's any Saloni lines in the, during that confrontation. In the beginning? Yeah. There's yeah, there's a line that is a setup where he says, um uh, Phoenix says, Is it cold in here or is it just me? Um Stallone's playing it pretty straight at that point. I think he does have some a one-liner, but I don't remember I what it is. is. Um, but he says, is it cold in here or is it just me? And then later when they're fighting, he says, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. Yeah, they're both clues to what happens later on, sort of. Yes. They're, uh, they're kind of heavy foreshadowing. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that later. I want to touch on something on that, but... So there's that, and I, I want to comment on the action in the movie too because it has all of the all the stuff that was started in the '80s, just about with the the, the quips and the one-liners, and it being almost over the top. And it does have a couple like action-wise where he's jumping, he's like jumping and shooting at the same time, yeah. and it's very dated. But but the rest of it, like where he's punching people when they're having like actual hand-to-hand combat, it's pretty brutal and he's uh, a few guys get slammed into tables and stuff like that and it it looks pretty real so it grounds this movie in yeah. like 
in a way you don't really know what you're what you're what this is supposed to be but it doesn't seem contradictory it doesn't seem like it's struggling at all it, yeah. it feels like well, this is exactly what it's supposed to be and for the time in 1993 it was supposed to be fun but we were taking these movies seriously also this was rated r fun yeah you know from 93 that's you know well that that whole sequence where he's running into phoenix it's so quick and like the cuts are quick and the movement's mm-hmm. quick and the, the fights are quick like it's very it's it, you're not wasting a lot of time because it's this is really just the opening sequence of the movie. Yeah. And it, it runs through him taking out all like Phoenix's guys and getting in there and having a confrontation with Phoenix all before the credits even start to get to the point just where we get to him and cryo freeze. You, you get, you can almost do a prequel of this movie oh, yeah. of just the Stolo- uh, the Phoenix and the Spartan and how they came to this point. Um, and I would be into that. Like I, yeah. I, it would have been a cool movie to see, to see, you know, him become Demolition Man. There's little bits you get where you find out where he gets the name Demolition Man. There's yeah. little scenes they show. And there's one where he's carrying a little girl in his shoulder. And he's got kind of the older Stallone hair, where it's yeah. kind of more big hair. And there's somebody he destroyed a mall to save this little girl or something. And then weaving in the the Phoenix stuff would have been neat to see all that. But you get enough that when you get to the point where they're going into the freeze and stuff, that you know both characters so well right. already, and you know the whole dichotomy between them and how. You know, they're going to obviously they're going to be more they're going to carry on their fight into the future with this cryo freeze thing. Uh, but man, that opening sequence is just so well done. It's so well done. You get great action. You get great background of the story. You get great introductions of the characters and all before the credits roll. That's right. So that's that's a really well done. That's a lot to do in a, an opening sequence and be able to pull it off so well. Yeah, this movie does. Um, and, and it has, both has to do with the director, the writer. And Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone for the way they played it yeah. in that opening sequence. I like the cryo freeze whole sequence too, which made a big enough impression to for Austin Powers to parody. Yeah, later. I mean, that's what he was uh, totally parodying. But, it's, but yeah, a lot of times in, when the, the, they do the cryo sleep, it's just a matter of getting in the thing and the smoke comes up and that's it. This one, it really felt like it's almost like torture when he's getting in there and it's almost going to drown him yeah. inside the thing and that little ball that drops into it's really neat and showing the, the effect of the opening sequence. They're going around kind of his frozen body, which yeah. was a life cast, a silicone life cast of Stallone right. to get that close up on that. And like to carry it around with that camera and be that close on something that's not even a real human body. And for it to look so real and so cool. And I mean, if you did that in CGI nowadays, I think you could be able to tell that it's CGI. Oh, like yeah. you'd, you'd say that's a CGI body. And it looks real. Like, it looks really good. I noticed I noticed the uh, one of the pans uh, the on the face, it went sort it was sort of out of focus. Which is the right thing to do. Which is the right thing to do. Because yep. if you ever if you see a picture of it, you can Google a, a, an image of that that cast and it, you can tell that it's a cast. Yeah. But the way they filmed it, it they hid all the all the tells. Yeah. Um, they just closed so, it on the hands, the sides of the body, yeah. the arms. Uh, really, really cool opening sequence and really cool way to handle like cryo freezing somebody. Um, and that's, I mean, this is all we're talking about in just that opening sequence of the movie. It's a neat setup. I like the really whole is. concept of uh, of a criminal man getting, at a time. Yeah, and, getting loose in the future and and having to bring back uh, a ma- uh, send a maniac to catch a maniac. You know, having to bring back. Um, a counterpart really to to be he's the only guy that can can do it. I don't want to get too heavy on this, 
but it's almost like we're heading that way. Oh in, yeah. In many regards. I mean, yeah. this is 1993, so they can't know what the future holds, but I think we're, we're getting to this point where, yeah. I, and I, again, I don't want to get too heavy, but a lot of times our police force is sort of neutered in, in how they can handle yeah. certain things where it's like, okay, well you can go after them with pepper spray and you can yeah. use like uh, bean bags and stuff like that or being whatever they are shooting with those bean bags when there's riots going on or whatever. Um, and then there's the one time where the guy is at the kiosk and it's an ego boost. Yes. It's having to tell him you're very smart and you're very right. this. And I feel like we're almost like at that point, well, you know, yeah, we're that, getting to that point where those, we're going to have those ego boost kiosks, the safe zones and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's the that's the thing that I appreciate about it too is the commentary and those are all sort of Orwellian things that people have been scared about mm-hmm. since that book that book was published in forty uh, eight and nineteen eighty four was yeah. published in forty eight and people have been sort of scared about that since then while simultaneously enabling all the things that are going to get are us there yeah and um, so yeah the the over uh, the, to, so much concern about not offending um, whoever and uh, and all that stuff is all in here with the the language is outlawed and she's assaulted yeah the uh, she said salt is illegal because it's bad for you and that's what happened in New York it's not it's not illegal but they're you know you have to I think you have to ask for it or something but they don't put it on the table anymore you and I mean in the soda you know you can yeah. only have this size of soda uh, is, is somebody else knowing, you know, I know what's good for you and I'll say, yeah. and, uh, and as it, as you can see in the movie, it makes for a sterile and not interesting environment where people don't actually have free choice the way no. that, you know, the way that we probably should. So it makes you then identify with a character like, Phoenix. Exactly. Or it's like, well, yeah. I'm more, I'm more like him actually. I don't want to be like these people right. in this future. I'd, I'd much rather be cutting loose and being free to do what I want. And that makes you also identify with probably my least favorite element of the movie is the scraps. Edgar friendly and his group. That's mine too. I'm They're pretty, my least favorite element. Of the that's movie. my least favorite mo- element in any future movie is the underground dwellers. Cause yeah. they have them in, it was in oblivion. It was in, Blade Runner in this last one that was in. I'm just not a fan of that. Yeah, I could I could do without. I mean, I understand that the whole plot of the movie. Spoiler warning: if you haven't seen it, is that Cocteau, the guy that has created this whole utopian society, has a problem, and it's the, with these people they call the Scraps, and they're these underground dwellers that don't want to conform, that they want to basically be have the freedoms to eat meat and cuss and, you know have a colorful life without having to conform to all this stuff that Cocteau's created as a society. So his plan, which this is a little thin, the, yep. the whole plan is to take a criminal from the past, make him a super criminal and while he's in cryo freeze, give him all these abilities that he'll then be able to come out and with the task to kill the main guy of the scraps. Right. And then that'll ruin, that'll get rid of the one remaining element that's preventing his super society. Right. There has to be some. There has to be some plot device to get Phoenix uh, yeah, there has to unfrozen. Be, and there, all those and things. there has to be some other catalyst for the society to change besides just John Spartan. There has to be other yeah. people who who still are holding to an older uh, way of life. So it does make sense, sort of, sort as of. far as a plot, as far as the necessity 
there had to be those elements. Yeah. It didn't have to be Dennis Leary. That's my real thing, is that it didn't have to be Dennis Leary. Because there's one point in the movie where he does one of his Dennis Leary yeah. mouth-offs. Yeah. Where it's just a quick stream of, of thought and just complaint and a real quick stream of it. But it's it's a trademark of Dennis Leary's stand-up and yeah. his whole thing. And it's just there. It's just in the movie, and he does it. And it's my one real cringe in the movie. Yeah. Because if you were to hire Sam Kennison in that part, you, <laughs> imagine having that thing and him going, oh, 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 you got to do, oh, 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 and doing his like stand-up bit in the middle of the movie. That, to me, would it pulls you out. Like, ugh. It's just Dennis Leary. And you're making it obvious that we're uh, getting Dennis shoot, Leary. It's just Dennis Leary. It's just Dennis Leary. There's also, I, I thought it was weird too, watching it again, when he figures out he has to kill Edgar Friendly yeah. and he's at the kiosk, it's like a headshot of Dennis Leary. It's like this weird glamour shot yeah. of him that he sees instead of what he looks like in the movie, like the grizzled right. beard and stuff. He's all cleaned up and he's looking at the camera <laughs> and stuff and it's like, where'd they get this picture from? Is it like his acting headshot? It must And they just put it in the movie? Um, from a, it's from from before he went underground. Probably. It's before that, yeah. yeah. So he's my one thing I don't like in the movie. Really, I even like Rob Schneider. He's fine in the movie, and he's kind of being Rob Schneidery, but he's not being like in your face about it. Like, here's my bit that I'm known for in your movie, like right here. That's why they hired me to be in this thing to do my bit. Right. Um, so and he's, and he's do barely that. doing a bit. He's just kind of being Rob Schneider's just being Rob Schneider. Uh, yeah, without. You know, he's not making copy. Yeah, he's not exactly. That. He's not doing his character. Right. He's just there, really. Um, I let's let's not uh, neglect to mention Sandra Bullock. Yes. Um. First of all, looking probably is she looks great. The best she's, in this movie. she's Maybe probably the, looked. Except Speed. Speed and, you know, I like two Sandra Bullock movies. And you know what? And that's Speed and this. I don't. I don't mind uh, Miss Congeniality. I haven't seen that all. And and she's been in some other movies that are not action movies that I have enjoyed too. And I have to say that I, I think I like Sandra Bullock just overall as an actress. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy her, but Lori Petty was originally doing this role. Oh really? That? No, I didn't know. They that. started film with her and uh, it wasn't working. So yeah. they just, they didn't switch to Sandra Bullock. And I can't imagine enjoying the character as oh, much no. with Lori Petty playing her. No. To me, that would be an annoying character. Whereas yes. she's endearing. Like it's, right. you like that she's kind of naive and uh, that she gets things wrong. And it, I don't think it would work as well. She has this Petty doing that. nostalgia, this nostalgic view of something that she missed out on. Yeah. Basically. So I love that they show her office and she's got all these collectibles and stuff from the eighties and nineties or yeah, lethal weapon poster. She's, and, there, now I'm going to throw this in since you, you started yeah. talking about this. There are a few different Batman tie-ins to this movie. And I just want to throw them out there because I love Batman. All right. You know, in uh, amongst her toy collection at the office, she's got the tin toy of Michael Keaton's Batman and Jack Nicholson's Joker sitting there. Okay. Bob Ringwood designed the costumes for the movie, and he did the, mm -hmm. the costuming for the Batman films. Um, Dan Waters is the one that wrote the movie, and he wrote Batman Returns. Okay. And the guy that fights um, Sylvester Stallone in the scene where they're robbing Taco Bell. Yes. And he says both sick of it. Yes. That guy he's fighting is Dave Leah. And he did most of the stunt work in Batman 89. So like okay. a lot of the scenes where Batman's in the suit and he's fighting is Dave Leah. Wow. So the part where he's fighting that, he's basically fighting 89's Batman. Okay. Which is pretty cool. So just want to throw yeah, this out that's there. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's some Batman cool. trivia yeah, to cool throw trivia. in there. Uh,
But go ahead. You were saying about you well, know, she's kind of out of time. Oh she's... yeah. So, so you also get um, her character, which is um, to, to for John Spartan to play off of. So John Spartan comes back, and she's sort of wishing for something to happen because she knows that something's not right. For everything to just just okay, I'm gonna get in my car and it's going to drive me to work. And then I'm not even going to work when I get there. And, you know, just living yeah. this, um, this nothing life. And, and, um, and you can really get to see her character sort of come, come to life. And she is a pleasure to watch through the whole thing. And like you said, yeah. she's very endearing, I think, um, in sort of her naivety and, um, you know, she's cute, whatever. So, and it's very funny when she gets the lines wrong, like the yes. sayings wrong. They're yes. very funny. I still laugh at that, and Amy laughed at it. She's never seen the movie, but she. she I was still laugh at it too. Like there was, I mean, I think you were in the room when I was watching that yeah. one bit, and she says, "And I'm gonna say it. It's a joke, okay?" And I don't. Well, we can. Well, she says, "Let's blow this guy away. Let's blow this guy away." Away. <laughs> There's another one too where she's you really matched his meat. Yeah, you really licked his, oh, licked Hot, his butt. You licked his butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's met his matched and <laughs> kicked his butt. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's, it's funny that she's she's getting him wrong in a funny. in a funny way. That's clever writing. Yeah, to turn those into funny things. Um, other people that are in the film, uh, Glenn Shaddix is in it. And he's basically playing the uh, Otho again from Beetlejuice. Yes, he's pretty yes. much the same exact guy. That's <laughs> he doesn't take any roles where he no. doesn't get to wear a kimono. <laughs> yeah, he's the exact same guy. He's the exact same guy. He really is. And again, we Rob Schneider. We already mentioned he's in the movie. Um, he's Rob Schneider. Lots of faces show up. The, Jesse Ventura is one of uh, Phoenix's. That's dudes. right. He doesn't have a speaking part, yeah. but he, he's in there. Um, the guy who plays uh, what is the cop's name? Uh, the one cop who at the end mm. sides with uh, Friendly. I can't remember the actor's name. Well, he, look it up. He's familiar anyway. I, he's on one of those cop shows, I think, for Wilder. I think so, and he was. I think he was in Miss Congeniality. Miami Heat, maybe one of the one of the Miss Congeniality movies, and um, the guy who plays uh, Zach Lamb is Old, oh, the older Zach Lamb. Yes, is because um, that's the pilot. Was that supposed to be the pilot? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember him saying that. Um, he's, Benjamin Bratt. Right. Um, Zach Lamb is... Um, uh, what's his name from uh, from That Thing You Do? Yeah, he's... And he's in a bunch of other stuff, too, but I know him as... Um, from, yeah. From That Thing You Do, and I, his name escapes me. See Zach Lamb? Yeah, I see. And Zach Lamb. Older. They're both Zach Lamb. Yeah, so the pilot at the beginning is... Is the yes. older African American? That guy. is correct. Um, and uh, the uh, the guy that's like the chief of police kind of guy. I've seen him in a ton of stuff as well. Oh, he was in he's in Ace Ventura too. That's right. That's what that's what I remember him from. No, it's not. He was in the Daredevil show. I remember him from that. For sure. And I think is there another Ace Ventura tie-in with that? There, I don't remember. I remember I was watching it last night. I was like, oh, there's a couple. Anyway, he's from Ace Ventura too. And, yeah, and everybody's. Playing their parts, and they have this society where, um, you know, stuff is outlawed. Well, let's we get to the. the bra- let's bring us to the three seashells. Let's, we don't even need the synopsis. We've jumped around so much. We don't even. It's hard to. It's hard to. It's it's hard to to stay on point here. But the three seashells. It's it's a joke that still carries forward today. If you've seen Demolition Man, you know the three seashells. 
it's just, and if you watched it and you enjoyed it, you'll always get that joke. So, and it's such a like a like a thrown in joke yeah. to still carry forward this long is pretty crazy. Yes, I'll 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 tell you why I think it is. One because it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Two, it's a poop joke, and three, they never tell you how to use them. Yeah. And if they had, it would have it would ruined the joke. It would stop the whole thing dead yep. in its tracks. But. Uh, Spartan gets out of the cryo freeze and they're like, where is he? Oh, he's in the bathroom. Well, I must have thought out. And, uh, uh, excuse me. I don't know if you <laughs> know this, but you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> and the place where it's supposed to be toilet paper was just three seashells. And, and, and then they all laugh at him because it. he doesn't know how to use them. Oh, this is, this is 30 years in the future. Okay. So I, I can accept that a lot of these things have a changed. changed. I can't really accept that toilet paper has been replaced by three hard, <laughs> scrapey things. Uh, women would still need toilet paper, I think. The only thing I can think of is that the three seashells just look like seashells. Okay. And they, they've they made those because it's a pleasing shape. Right. And then it actually does something else. Like Doesn't maybe it uses some kind of sonics and knocks the poop off your butt. Maybe. Or, you know, it, it, it you pick one up and... It's a spray or something. Yeah. Maybe they're buttons yeah. that look like seashells. It's, so I, I would hope that people aren't actually scraping off the poopies with a seashell and then putting it back on the shelf because that's I, more unsanitary that than not, rods of paper that it, they make fun of me. That is not good. That is a pretty big change to the point where people would laugh that they used to use wads of paper. You know what? Also, they, uh, they nobody bothers to explain it to him. So he's, no. he's just supposed to go through. But he yeah. fixes it. He fixes the problem. He fixes it. By, Ingenious fix. By, by cursing into the, the the little machine that gives you a ticket for First for swearing, so he, he dumps a whole bunch of curses so he gets some paper out of there, which is which is a pretty pretty funny gag. I paid attention this last time. I was like, are they gonna are they gonna keep that up? Because every time the, a swear is said, it goes ah, yeah, and then there's the thing. They keep it up through they the do. whole movie. Any place where it makes sense that there would be one of those devices, uh, I think there's a couple outdoors where that doesn't happen, but. Throughout the whole movie, they keep it you even if it's in the and, background. Yep. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty good to stick to your guns on that. I also really liked that you know they had the museum and it was like a hall of violence and they had that whole underground thing where it was a, a yeah. street. Yeah, it was like a setting of an like, exhibit. Yeah. You know, or it was actually a street from yeah. LA that they turned this exhibit. Um, and that security was so low, and they had all these weapons that were just kind of out of glass because they had no reason to worry about anything. It was just like, oh well. With this perfect society, nobody would ever do these things. Right. Like everything is so unprepared yeah. for these kind of things, and that, that the way the movie is set up, that the society has become so unprepared. Like the cops don't know what to do. Like even Schneider says, "We're we're police officers. We're not trained to deal with violence or yeah. something." Um, but as Phoenix is doing his thing inside, the he's knocked somebody out inside there, and he's banging on the thing trying to open the the glass, and the the guy that works in the museum comes up to try and help him. Like yeah. he's like, "What's your boggle, sir?" or something <laughs> to try and help him. Yeah. And then he like throws him in through the glass. But that whole sequence in the museum itself, all that stuff I thought was really neat. That this to yeah. show again how far the society has changed. Uh, another little throw in there. Uh, he goes up to one of the mannequins who's holding uh, the pulse rifle that he gets, and he's like, "Sorry, Rambo, I need to borrow this." Oh, so uh, you know, there's throw, a throw in for Stallone. And then there's the Schwarzenegger course, reference. The Schwarzenegger reference, which that is so fun to me looking back now, I, especially with it and Last Action Hero in the same year. Yes, having references to each other. Yes, and and that 
there's a big block like from probably late 80s into late 90s, almost a decade maybe of every movie they did, there was some reference to the other guy Mm -hmm. in their movies. It was in Twins. It was in um, Last Action Hero. It was in this movie and and a bunch of others that I can't even think of right now. But anytime it pops up, it's like a fun little wink and a a nod. It was, it's pretty cool too. It's almost as, it it talks about him being, Yes, president. president. But at that point, Schwarzenegger was so far from right. being in politics. I think she's. I think she said that he was governor, and then got a bill. Get got the law changed. They changed the laws or something, um, allowing to be. But president. yeah, it was oddly prophetic. Yeah, because, but he ended up being in politics. Yeah. Uh, then of course, there's the the scene where uh, um, they go back to her apartment. Uh, yeah, she tries. She takes him back to the apartment. Yeah. And she talks about how the there's a correlation between attraction or whatever and yeah. violence. And then she says, would you like to have relations with me? I'm yes. not saying these certain words because we're trying to keep it clean. And he's like, yeah, sure. Oh, I yeah. About my dead wife. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they put these headgear on because they, they he doesn't know it at the time, but he's, right. he's ready for, he's ready for, act, for actual. Yeah. And then they put these headgear on and he's getting these visions and stuff. And he says, <sighs> And we say this line, <laughs> we say these things all the time. His face, <laughs> I want to say that his face during that is, ooh, is yeah. so priceless. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see what we're doing, but you have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Beforehand, yeah. too, he's, it's like he doesn't care that all the things that have happened to him. He, he makes a point of yeah. telling at the dinner he was awake for all like whatever 40 some years or whatever. It's been a living nightmare. And she talks about how the people go insane and you really would, if you're stuck in a body and you're awake the entire time, but not able to move, not able to do anything, you would go insane. You would go insane, but he's cool with it. Like he's gotten out (laughs) and he's getting ready to have this, this thing. And he's like sitting by himself and he like smells his underarms. He's like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) that outfit is really wearing his breath. He smells his breath. He goes, Like he's cool with it. All the stuff he's been through, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Hey, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta give it a shot. You've been frozen for a long time. Then yeah. he's disappointed by the VR virtual reality yeah. thing. But I haven't even do. touched you yet. Yeah. And he's, she says, "What do you expect?" And he says, "I don't know." But <laughs> I'm gonna say certain things. Yeah. He says, "Boning, boning, <laughs> the hunk of junker." <laughs> The horizontal mambo or something. The horizontal mambo? The hunker chunker? The hunker chunker? Do you know what that leads to? Yeah, kids. Desire to raid the fridge. And he tries to kiss. Smoking. And she tells him even kissing's been outlawed or something. He says something like, man, I was a good kisser. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He knows he was. Yeah. He's aware of it. That's what he's concerned about now. That's... the seriousness of the movie, like it goes all over the place. It's all over the place. And his character, you could say that he breaks character, except you just don't care. You don't because it's Stallone and you're getting a laugh. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that movie could have been delivered in a very serious. Package. It could have, it could have um, very well. And it, it just didn't. It's just very fun. Yeah. It's, it becomes, it's a, it's a serious thing that becomes uh, a, a Stallone thing. Like it's, it's very much, um, it's, it's a serious topic and it's serious uh, <clears throat> uh, plot and a serious uh, story. And it's just, 
it gets Stallone-ized in certain scenes, and it works so well. Yeah. Um, he has so many good one-liners in the movie, too. Like, it's just oh, filled yeah. with Stallone one-liners. Oh, well, they're singing the... Uh... He finds out. He finds out the only music they listen to is old commercial tunes. Yeah, somebody put somebody me back, put in, the back fridge. in the fridge. I wrote that one down. I wrote down a few of them. Uh, he says. He says something like, "I think Spartans." Phoenix says something like, "I've been dreaming about this moment, like killing him or something." Oh yeah. And he says, "We'll keep dreaming." Keep dreaming. <laughs> he like shoots at. Yeah. Phoenix gets some good lines too. Like he's got some. Good oh yeah, he's got. <clears throat> um. During that same fight, <clears throat> I'm just going to run through a couple of these. He throws a TV at Phoenix. They're fighting the thing, and he throws a TV with a TV yes. and says, "You're on TV." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's taking it to a lighthearted thing, even though Phoenix has killed. He's a mass murderer. Yeah. He's basically responsible for him losing <laughs> his entire life, yeah. being stuck in cryo freeze, a living nightmare for forty some years. He still throws a TV at him and says, "You're on TV." <laughs> And then, of course, the line we just said a minute ago, where he's enjoy the rest of your life, both seconds of it. So the one oh, guy, no, no, like he's, they're fighting, and he says, you're going to regret that for That's the rest of is. your life. Yeah. Both seconds of it. But I noticed the cut, when he says both seconds of it, they go to a close-up, they cut to a close-up, and the cut is almost too soon, like, like it was shot in post. And they went back and spliced it in, but didn't have enough time between it. So it wasn't like a natural pause. You yeah. Have, you have to watch, you have to look that up. It's so good. And see if you can find it. Cause he's like, it's so funny. It's, it, uh, it's so funny. One that got me this time, which I usually don't, I, I didn't really Both notice this one before. Well, there's the end scene, which spoiler warning. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie by now, it's, it's too late. We've ruined it. You're 25 you. years too late. In the beginning of the film, you talked about how they foreshadowed. I'd lose my head. It wasn't attached. Yes. And at the end of the film, Phoenix gets yes. cryo frozen. His body gets frozen because he's all wet and they drop the thing. And uh, He swings around and he, he hits his head. Before he hits it, he goes, heads up! Yeah. <laughs> he hits his head and he knocks it off. off. <laughs> that's, what, that's what was so funny to me. Is heads up! <laughs> they, do the, they do the foreshadowing at the beginning. He says, is it cold in here or is it just me? Phoenix says that at the beginning. Yeah. And then he says the head thing where I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. And then later, Spartan, says, Spartan says, is it cold in here? Or is it just me? And you're like, oh, it's getting serious. Yeah. And then it's but, not serious. But the other <laughs> line, it's like a reference to the first line, but but it totally disregards yeah. the first line. Yeah. <laughs> you need to do one or the other. Yeah. You can't have both of those in there. Because the only reason for him to say it at the beginning was for a foreshadowing. Yeah. But it's not late. Spartan doesn't say he did lose his head or something yeah. like that. You know, it was like, he does heads he up says, and heads he up. takes his head off. I want, let's, okay. The end of this movie. It's, well, I, I realized at the end of this movie, how jealous this movie was of T2. Yeah. Of Terminator 2, uh, which came out in 91. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was 91. So, there are several shots that I noticed this time. One being they're driving in the car and Stallone gets up on the hood. Yes. Is very much like Terminator being on the hood. Mm -hmm. And then at the end with everything getting cryo frozen and then he kicks Phoenix's head off and it shatters into a bunch of pieces. Much like the T-1000 frozen. Much like shot. the T-1000. It was like, it was like Stallone saw that movie. And yeah. was like, <laughs> he was okay. taking notes in the theater. Yeah, he's like, now what can uh, I? Uh, ooh, if I, what if it heads uh, up and then kicked his head off? It's pretty good. <laughs> how, can, 
how can I get these key elements yeah. that I like from this movie in there? It it just it really has that feel towards the end of it. And if there's any lesson I would take from the movie, it's that if you get anything cold enough, you can break right through you can it like it's not destroy it. Like it's it's paper. Metal, humans. No big deal. Whatever. You could just crash through it. There's a body. There's another line at that end too. That this is the one I missed. Well, I guess I probably miss it, but I've never really focused on it. Phoenix during their fight, Phoenix says, "See you in hell," and Spartan says, "Not." <laughs> I don't remember that. It's in there. <laughs> I saw it last night, and it's I don't even remember. That. <laughs> See you in hell. Not. <laughs> It's so 90s. I don't remember. Oh, that's <laughs> it's, totally 90s. It's, it's so great. Like, I was like, did I just hear that? And I had to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. But it's in there. It's in there. Oh, speaking of Jackie Chan, when when Lenina Huxley, she they get to a part where there's has to be some combat, and she takes care of herself. She handles yeah. herself real well. And he's like, where'd you learn to kick like that? From watching Jackie Chan movies. Oh, yeah. That's in there. I forgot so, about that. I wonder if that was like... Sorry, Jackie Chan, this didn't work out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll or maybe make... that line was in there when they were thinking it was Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Be a, maybe. An in joke thing. Yeah. That Jackie Chan was portraying the character. Maybe. Um, the. Uh, oh, oh, the. Uh, okay. So there was one. There was another plot line thing, too, that I was kind of like, all right, well, this is kind of. I mean, it's neat that they did it, but at the same time, it's like. It's kind of. There was no point to it. Was. Um, Phoenix goes to Cocteau and goes, I'm going to need more help yeah. if I'm going to take out this guy. I'm going to need like five or six guys yeah. to unfreeze. Not, not killers, but guys that I that I want. He can control them, basically. I mean, he's like... But he gets like way more than five or six. Yeah. And one of them ends up being a killer. Right. Like, he tells the one Jesse Ventura to kill Cocteau, and Cocteau, he kills Cocteau. Right. And those guys that he unfreezes, they pretty much don't do anything. They, they go down they to, do to Salt Friendly's place, and it's very quick, and then they run away. Yeah. And then there's a couple of them that are when Phoenix is in his place that fight Huxley and um, Spartan. There's a mm. couple that fight them. And then Phoenix kills them. Yep. He just kills them all. Like he's unfreezing other guys that are killers yeah. and just kills all these guys. And it's like, what? Why did he even unfreeze them in the first place? He unfreezes them and puts them in Mad Max type gear. Yeah, they all get Mad Max outfits. And then, and then he just—they're kind of there for a little bit, and then he just kills them. They could have done without the that whole. They could have done without that. It was added on. Yeah, it would have made maybe Phoenix's character a little stronger to not have these other guys yeah. that he needed that he doesn't even end up using. The only time that it is necessary is he can't—he's in and planted to not kill Cocteau. That's right. So he has to have somebody to kill Cocteau. So in that regard, it kind of made sense. But I would have come up with a different, come in a different plot device to to for, kill Cocteau for, for him to get around that yeah you know shoot shoot, shoot a chandelier and have a drop on or something yeah, like do that, something but, to that effect um yeah that was that was a weak a weak spot but yeah that was that was one of the weak spots in the film but overall overall it's the strong outweighs the weak for sure in the movie it definitely does it's it's um I like all the design of the movie I like the design of the city yeah I like the I like the I really like their uniform. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and even the cop car is, is pretty neat looking. And, and I did appreciate that they're still driving around. There's yeah. No, they're not flying yet. Well, that, uh, I think GM 
I read this online that GM donated. That was their their ultralight, which was their oh. kind of their their car of the future, and they were touring with them, and um, they donated them all to the movie to let them use in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then they had to be returned to GM or whatever. But it was it was an actual car that GM was okay. a concept car of GM, and but all the stuff inside they made up, like the driving itself right. and the wheel, those things that pull in. But yeah, it was it was a kind of a step forward. But not to the point like you're saying where it's flying cars and something where even 30 years in the future you'd go okay that's there's no way we'd be yeah. at this point at you know we we wouldn't yeah. be this far along where we're flying around in space cars. It was it was more akin to the future from Back to the Future three or Back to the Future two than uh, like Blade Runner has been copied yeah so many times um, so it was kind of refreshing in that regard. I mean. You think of the future, and we always go to a dystopian future. Yeah, but I mean that wouldn't have worked plot-wise. But uh, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it was. And Stallone is the oddball out. I mean, he's the he's yeah. the dirty one. He's, he's the, the Neanderthal. What would you call if? What would you say if I called you a a Neanderthal, a brute from an ancient age who smells <laughs> and what else? She's going on. I, I don't know. Thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> get tired of that that chief of police keeps calling him caveman and yeah. he's so rude to him at some point i would have just been like i'd punch that guy yeah. like if, if i'm stallone's character like you know no more calling me names because this yeah. you need my help not the other way around yeah i could have just stayed in the, the freezer thing i didn't wake me up you woke yeah me you up. woke me up you need the help not the other way around uh but overall it's a really really solid action film it's got great humor elements throughout the entire movie it's got great performances from the actors involved in the film, and it's just really Stallone at his Stalloniest. I think yeah. it's really yeah. comes across like he's having fun doing the movie. It's it's got a good um, antagonist, the protagonist. It's it's really got all the elements you really want for a '90s '80s action film. It's really a lot of fun, and I I didn't notice anything that was particularly dated, except for like I said the you know, the jumping in the air and yeah. shooting, but that was only a couple little parts, of, you know, some of the dialogue and stuff. But if you go to that movie, you know, that's what you're getting basically. Yeah. And, but there was no, all the special effects and everything were, were solid. Yeah. And I think it works too. Even in the 90, 1996 part, setting it only three years past where the film came out, mm -hmm. you can go back and look, okay, that looks like the nineties, you know? And, and then you go to the forward and it's like, that looks like the future. So it does in that regard feel kind of timeless because you can just watch the movie at any time and go, this is the past. This is the future. Just like back to the future too, where you're looking at this and this is, even if the dates aren't quite yeah. what they should be, especially going back and watch back to the future. Now it's in the past. The right. future's in the past. But you're going, okay, that's the past and this is the future. And I can recognize the difference between both and certain dates that say on the film don't really matter to me. It's, I can tell what this is supposed to be. And it doesn't look like a cheesy future that there's no chance we could get to or yeah. something like that. It's a, uh, it just works all around and that's, that's design and that's writing and that's everything involved in making the film that just really worked well. Yeah. I have fond memories of it and I still, still enjoy it. <clears throat> And if you're into that sort of thing, I mean, you've probably already seen it, but if it's been a while, I would recommend giving it a shot. Yeah, man. And watch Judge Dredd, too, while you're at it. They're the same movie for a lot of people. They are not the same They're movie. Not. As a matter of fact, I prefer Demolition Man to Judge Dredd. I, you know, 
I don't know. I can't remember where I ranked it when we went. I think we did our favorite Stallone films at one yeah. point, maybe. And I can't remember where I ranked it, but it's very close. Those two are very close. They're very um, similar. And- they're very similar. Uh, I really, I like the Judge Dredd movie. It's not so much a Judge Dredd movie. Maybe it's more in the comic elements of Judge Dredd, like the cartoony. Because yeah. Judge Dredd comics are all over the place. Some are dark, some are funny, some are everything. So it's more of the funny, out there Judge Dredd comics. Um, but as far as just a Stallone movie goes, I probably prefer this one. Yeah. I do like Judge Dredd because it's Judge Dredd. But as far as Stallone movie goes, if I was just wanting to watch a Stallone film yeah. or Stallone, I'd probably watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I forgot to mention in the merchandise and I never played it, but there was like a Genesis and the Super yes. Nintendo game. Yes. And I watched some of the, the gameplay. The game looks like a lot of fun. And the graphics, especially the Genesis, the graphics look really good on it. Yeah. I may go back and pick up that game. Yeah, I bet. Well, who knows? I can't tell with game prices, but it, maybe you can get it cheap. It, it kind of reminds me of RoboCop versus Terminator, which I have played a lot. Um, but as I was watching the playthrough, it's side-scroller for the most part, but there's a couple of times in the, the levels where it switches, and it's like the aerial view thing, almost like a Contra mm-hmm. or something like that, where you kind of watch the character almost from, like a, from above, above yeah. kind of slight plane type thing. Um, and I thought that was interesting that the game itself kind of changes as you're playing the game. Like there's mm-hmm. different, it's not just all one run across the screen and shoot. It becomes a different kind of game in certain mm-hmm. scenes. I might go back and pick up that game. And all the comments I was reading on there was like all fond memories of this game. That's a really well constructed game and it's, it's tough, but it's enjoyable. And like, man, that's, it's not often you get a really good movie tie-in game, it seems like. A lot of times they are pretty lackluster. Yep. Uh, this seems kind of tailor-made for a video game. There's a lot of stuff in the movie where it's yeah. like you could see that being a level of a video game. Yeah. Um, so it's it's cool to see that it actually had one and it was pretty good. Yes. All right. So, yeah, that was it. All right. Well, also, let's not forget the theme song by Sting. Stink. By Stink, sorry. By Stink. Yeah. Never forget the theme song by Stink. I won't. There was a pinball game too, wasn't there? There was a pinball game, I'm, I'm yeah. certain. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, I forgot, but at the beginning, another little bit of comedy, which maybe I find too funny, is uh, they have they don't touch each other. They don't have physical contact. Oh, yeah, yeah, the high so, five. So they do like a high five that doesn't <laughs> doesn't hit, and then they move their hands around in a circle. And um, one, of, one guy is greeting uh, John Spartan as he's coming out of the bathroom. And John uh, just like smacks yeah, him, it does like smacks a his hand, hand and does like, hey, okay. yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Right, man. <laughs> just his delivery on it, it always cracked me up. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, go watch Demolition Man. Go watch Demolition Man. Go watch Demolition Man. Don't be ashamed. Don't, Don't be ashamed about it. It's good, man. You can buy it. Just buy it. It's cheap. It's real cheap. It's cheap to buy it. Oh, there wasn't one other thing too. Where does Phoenix get that outfit? I don't know. It's a silly outfit that he's wearing. He's wearing like the, the coveralls. Yes. But they have the symbol of the cryo freeze place on the front of them. That's right. So he must have taken it from somebody that worked there. Yes, the coveralls he's wearing, I assumed was part of some, yeah, somebody who worked there. But they're like or, overalls. They're like little kid yeah. overalls. Yeah. They're you got the. Who's the wearing those at the cryo freeze place? They still work the uh, like construction workers have like overalls that they wear during I winter guess. time. It's just it, everybody else that you see at the cryo freeze place is wearing like nobody else is wearing it. Nobody is. I thought maybe it was like a prisoner uh, outfit or something that he 
But they're all in cryo-freeze. They're all like naked. But but they wake went in. But they wake him up at some point. Yeah. But, like like he's got I think he's got that orange shirt underneath the white shirt. Or, I don't know. I can't remember. But I can't remember. But he's wearing like a looks like a hospital outfit yeah. when you, they take him out of freeze. Maybe there's a deleted parole. scene somewhere. Yeah, because you, you get that scene, and then all of a sudden the next scene he's driving the car and he's got the outfit on. Right. And it's got the little symbol on it, so he's taking it from somebody there. He kills that guy in the parking lot, but I don't think they showed him without clothes or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that. And then later on, he's changed into a Mad Max outfit where they, he's got a... Where they don't explain where they get the Mad Max a motorcycle tire on his shoulder pad. Yeah. Everybody else is dressed normal. I don't know where... There must are. be some deleted scenes in there. There must be. There has to be. DVD doesn't sh- shouldn't have them. No. They're, they're out there somewhere. That's a bare bones DVD, man. Yeah. You get a trailer and that's it. There's an audio commentary on there. I haven't watched it with that, but yeah, you don't. Uh, I mean, with those bare bones DVDs, sometimes they. It's kind of surprising that there's a commentary on there. Yeah, it's a, you take what you can get. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, it's been Mike and James with action features. Hey, well, hang on, hang on. Oh, whoa. So if you enjoyed this one, where we just spend an, an episode talking about a certain movie. And you have a movie that you would like us to do an episode on, mm-hmm. leave a comment on this at the Facebook page, on iTunes, on actionfeatures.net, wherever you want to leave it. Um, and if it's a movie we both like and we want to talk about, yes. then we'd probably do it. I tell you what, there's a lot of movies we need to get to. There really I is. think uh, maybe maybe in 2018 we'll do a little bit more of that nostalgic type talks and yeah. a little less of a little less of the talk current about current events things because, because it's it's pretty dark. It's getting dismal. It is. A lot of the episodes I kind of leave going. Uh, yeah. Ugh. So look for some change in 2018. And, um, and I feel like we almost have to, um, censor ourselves a lot of times. Yeah. Those, when we're talking about that. Cause I really don't, I really don't want to come across as insulting something that somebody really enjoyed or liked. Yeah. You know, I really, but a lot of times it, it's hard to talk about things like last Jedi it's hard to it's talk about your opinion about, about it something. without being like, yeah. I really didn't enjoy this. I really didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and there's more and more of that. I didn't like it of yeah. stuff that's out nowadays and less and less of the, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but there's plenty of that. I really liked that. I really enjoyed it of older stuff. Sure. So and yeah, maybe every we, few episodes I mean, we do one of these. We haven't done any of the indie movies yet. We haven't done Terminators, Robocops, Robocops, we haven't done any uh, scary movies. I don't think we've ever done anything about a scary movie. We haven't done ever done anything about a scary ever. movie. Anything about not not the Marlon Wayne scary movies. I mean, like actual scary. We movies. haven't done those either. We haven't done those either. I've never even seen those. Or, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So please leave a comment with what movie you would like to see us do an episode on. If you're not on, if you listen to this and you're not and you are on Facebook, please go over and like Facebook.com/slash/actionfeatures and post some things and discuss and talk about it. Cause that's the only way we're going to know what you guys want to talk about. That's the only way we know. That's the only way we really know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Been Mike and James with action features. Be well. That's from the movie. Be well.